Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 61st episode, talking to head coach Tim Saunders, Hall of Fame coach Tim Saunders, the executive director of the National High School Baseball Coach Association, the retired head coach from Dublin Kaufman High School, after spending 33 years there at the helm, was the Ohio Baseball Coach Station Hall of Fame in 2004, Central District Coach Association Hall of Fame in 2005. In 2012, he became the first, at that time, was the first coach from Ohio to be inducted into the National High School Baseball Coach Association Hall of Fame. Um, career record of nearly 600 wins at 589. Um, led Kaufman to 13 league titles. Also helped Meg's High School win two league titles, was assistant coach at Indiana University, um, won a state championship at Dublin Coffin in 2001, state semifinal in 2000, um, let alone the time that he has spent in USA Baseball. From 1995 to 2015, he's with USA Baseball. He was part of the Olympic Sports Festival in Colorado Springs, which is the last year ever for that. From 97 to 2015 is really when he was on staff. Um, he was head coach of the 16-year-old team, as well as being assistant coach for the 18-year-old team. He was part of a team that um, beat Cuba twice for the first time in three-game series. Um, and in 2000, he was voted the USA Baseball Amateur Coach of the Year. So um, Coach Tim Saunders, just an incredible resume, incredible person. Um, has done a lot for the game, continues to do a lot for the game. And I uh, just had the privilege of uh, meeting him when I was speaking at the BCA um, convention. Um, I got done speaking and remember him coming out. As we got done, I got done the Q&A with uh, some guys. And then Coach Saunders came up to thank you. It was just our conversation. And uh, something I'll never forget, having a conversation with him, exchanging numbers, and and um, you know, just an incredible person, incredible coach. And you know, today we get to talk talked a ton uh two hours here and uh gonna have my money's worth you know editing everything and seeing what i can put in what i can't but uh it was a great it was great uh, but uh just when you're talking to you know, legendary coaches they have a great way of simplifying things and what and what really matters and those things come up constantly you know through this through this conversation so Coach Saunders, you heard him talk about communication. You heard him talk about relationships. You know, and you talk to him about having fun uh, and enjoying it. Like he just loves the game, you know, and helping guys enjoy the game. But uh, always so very, very willing to help. But uh, you know, really enjoy this conversation, and can't thank Coach Saunders enough for taking some time out of his day to to do this. And um, you know, it's truly trying to grow the game and continues to grow the game and is exactly what this podcast is about is exactly why I was able to start it just getting the right people that are about kids and willing to help and just want to grow the game and coach Tim Saunders is exactly that so without further ado I want to introduce you and welcome you to it and enjoy this next 
I don't know how it's going long it's going to be, uh, but it's it's a good one, and I really enjoyed it. And Coach Saunders, I can't thank you enough. So without further ado, here he is, Coach Tim Saunders. The great coaches, the great people, they give back. That's right. Back. You know, and, and like yourself, you can't say no to anybody, I'm sure. Yeah, hard time, man. Can you help my son? Can you do this? Can you <laughs> Can you meet me on Sunday morning? I, yeah, yeah. Mm. My wife says, Tim, you know, you got your own kids at home too. Right. Um, but my kids are growing up now. So, so all's good. So I'm enjoying life and working at the golf course and um, being on the grounds crew and cutting grass and raking bunkers and messing around. So, uh, so it's, it's working out well. And coaching seventh graders. And coaching seventh graders. And, you know, it's no different. We're doing, like at your level, we um, um, just take what you did at the varsity level and dumb it down and don't expect the same the same results every time. Mm, yeah, you know, same execution, you, right. Yeah, you got your three-line drills, you got double fungo. I mean, these kids have never seen any of that. The dads have been coaching them, and right. even the travel teams, I mean, they, they just go play, mm-hmm. you know, so – we have some good comments on that as we go, and I'm for travel. I'm not. I'm not against it, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though. No, it's just it's a different animal. It's just a totally different animal, and just just the what you can do in the in a certain situation. We try to play forty games, you know, like in a, in a short period of time. Like it's it's understandable, yeah. and that's what it's for. That's what that time is. That spring is for. Absolutely, no reason to try to try to beat out what you can. Yeah, in USA baseball. I've been. I started with them in 1995. Okay. And um, in Colorado Springs, that was the Olympic Sports Festival. That was the last Olympic Sports Festival ever held. And at that time in Colorado Springs, we had uh, track and field was there. Everybody was training for the Olympics. Okay. So everybody was there. But at that time, the Olympics were the, were the younger guys. Now, the 18-year-old team was getting picked there, but – the Olympic team was actually the collegiate level. Okay. Right. But we, but we were there and we played at, uh, at, uh, air force Academy. That's where they held it. That's where, that's where it was. So we'd leave a game and you could go up and watch boxing and watch sugar Ray Leonard and those guys box. And they were just trying to make it to the Olympics and, uh, track and field was what's a, one of the fastest guys ever. I forget the, the, you had the lady and the guy that were unbelievable back then in the nineties. But um, they just walked around the area like, you know, we ate in the same cafeterias. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was the coolest experience I ever had. And, you know, being a, a farm boy growing up and, and getting that opportunity was just unbelievable. And then um, from there, I stayed with them. In 96, I took off because I worked at the Olympics. Okay. And um, in the baseball area. And then 97, all the way up through 2015. I was with them as they left, as they left, uh, uh, oh shoot, Arizona right there. Uh, I think it's Scottsdale cause that's where our next convention is, but in Tucson, okay. that's where we trained and then they moved to a site. That's where their site used to be. And then they moved it to Cary, North Carolina. And I stayed with them through, through 2015. Okay. And I was the head coach of the, the 16 year olds. Uh, assistant for two years i was with the 18s for years and then i went to the 16s and and uh 
we beat Cuba for the gold medal for the Pan American Games in Monterey, Mexico. That's awesome. And that we were the first we were the first team to beat Cuba twice in the same in the same series. Oh wow! You know, Cuba Cuba was just dominating everything, and you know they they were like China in, in some places in in uh, uh, Olympic stuff. When you're a, a young kid and you're look like you're a promising person, they would move you from your house and you leave your parents. Mm. And you would go just train until mm. you until you got cut. Mm. So you might with them, you'd be with them like in gymnastics and in China and those places. You'd be with them five, 10, 12 years. And once that you couldn't produce anymore, you're like a horse, you just put them out to pasture and say, All right, you're gone. Now you gotta move back on the farms with your with your family. Yeah. So it, it's not apples to apples. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. Like, you know, like they're definitely not playing the same game we are here in the States, no. that's for sure. No. And and so what what you find out through all that experience is that you uh our kids are just 16 years old i i, I thought it was the emotion but it really wasn't uh i was assistant for two years and then i was the head coach in in 2000 and went to monterey mexico we won the gold medal for the um, um pan-american games which is a qualifier for the world games and um we beat cuba twice and that year i was voted the uh, USA baseball amateur coach of the year. And we went to New York city and had a big outing. And I got to spend four days with, uh, the old coach from, uh, oh shit. The old coach from, uh, 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 the Dodgers. Um, who is that? Tom, uh, Tom Minnesota. Tom Minnesota. Oh, wow. And, and also with um, uh, Gillespie, Mike mm-hmm. Gillespie, who was the head coach at USC, he won the honk ball tournament, which is a qualifier in Amsterdam for the collegiate level. Mm. And then Tommy was the gold medal Olympic coach that year. Mm. Gillespie from uh, Rice. Well, Mike Gillespie was at USC. Then he went to, uh, then he left there and went to uh, another school in California that made the college world series yeah yeah it wasn't rice um irvine irvine you see irvine yeah irvine yeah and it was in two thousand two thousand when you were the coach of the year yeah yeah with usa baseball right but usa you know usa baseball runs all that so they they nominate they nominate their guys and um so i got the amateur guy um um gillespie got the collegiate level Mm -hmm. and and then Tom Lasorda got the Olympic. He got the overall Olympic coach of the year. Mm-hmm. It was kind of neat because we we had a um, you take your wives and we were right on Times Square at the Marriott, and we stayed there for a week. And when we went to, they had all kind of inter, you know, they had meetings and stuff, but they also had um, sightseeing stuff going on. So when you got on a bus with your wife, I, t- I took my wife, and Mike Gillespie took his wife. Now Tommy didn't take his wife, but you get on a bus and they escort you with police escort wherever you're going to go. Wow. You ran every stop. You didn't see us. You didn't see a stoplight one. You went to here. You went to pure one. You went to this place. We went up in the twin towers before it got knocked down. Mm. And went to the very top and sightseed there. And then, um, we had, a we got on a cruise ship that took us down around Stat- statue of Liberty and came back. It was a, it was a wine deal. Tommy told stories the whole time and we just sat and listened. It was, it was amazing. How bad it was. But, uh, 
Yeah, so great experiences through USA Baseball, and and they're probably, in my opinion, the very top. If you ever get a chance, they're the top, yeah. top. I mean, it's. I mean, I've done perfect game. I coached out in perfect game in 2010, 2008, and was the East head coach. And uh, we played a perfect game at that time, and I think they're still there. But uh, I coached uh, in San Diego Padre Stadium when they first opened up, and. Uh, that's when Bryce Harper was a was a senior in high or junior in high school, senior in high school. Okay. I forget. I think he graduated early and then he went on to the junior college, so he get drafted mm-hmm. on the opposing team. But we tied, we tied two to two in ten innings, and they that's the only tie they've ever had because the television time ran out, mm. and we used all everybody used their pitchers up because they pretty much tell you who to play. Mm-hmm. So. That experience was awesome, and my wife and family went on that. My son CJ was a bat boy. Talent helps, speed speed helps, and it's not for everybody. But you got to be able to, as a coach, you got to be willing to say, you know what, I understand it. I'm not going to force this. Say it's all or none. You, if you don't show up, you're cut. And and we see that a lot. I mean, I see it in Ohio. I'm thinking just the pressure of the those off season yeah. stuff. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's great that we're doing it. But it's also sometimes more is not always better. Oh, there you go. You know, it it you got and you got to know the individuals. You got to know the kid, and you got to know their family style, and what maybe they got to work. I mean, yeah, you got to work. Depending on the family situation, for sure. And you got to be willing as a co- as a good coach to understand those situations, and uh, it, it it makes it tough. Mm-hmm. It's it tough. It makes it tough in a kid. Because they're trying to they're trying to wear two or three hats, and you're telling them they can only wear one hat. Mm-hmm. You're 15, 16, 17 years old. I mean, you can't, you know, don't don't back those guys into a wall. Yeah, they and like yeah, like you said, dude, like you're better guys. You you just got to let them. You you don't treat everybody the same, you know. Like you got to treat them fairly. If you're out smoking dope and stuff and drinking, that's a different story. Correct. Hopefully there you go. go. But you know, like I said you got to know your kid. And say, you know what? I can help you more being with us. Uh, if if I can keep you off the street, mm-hmm. and then you'll you'll be better off with us. And if mm-hmm. you convince them of that, and and you got a relationship, then it usually works out. If you don't have a relationship, it's it makes it pretty tough. What some of the things like you said, it's all kind of the same. So like, what kind of the what has stuck with you like all this time? You know that has remained to say like hasn't changed, you know, cause people talk about how things have changed. Kids have changed. Like what's something with you, like you're teaching these seventh graders now that that just hasn't changed that you just love that it still works. Well, I, I think kids, I, I think kids love to be, they love to be disciplined. You know, you can say they don't, but they, they want some rules. They want some boundaries and they want you to hold them accountable for it. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with my varsity guys, but I'm, I'm, same with the seventh graders. And I would encourage anybody that's that knows baseball, you know, work with the lower levels because that's where they need it. You know, I've always been a big fan of, of dads being coaches because you know what, if we don't have dads being coaches, you know, everybody talks about daddy ball and this and that, but if those dads aren't coaching, they don't have a coach. And some of them are just like some of our middle school coaches and freshman coaches. They don't know the game. They're just there to help out the kids. And they get crucified for it. It's like, guys, I'm just trying to make sure the kids have a chance. I, I, I can help you out a little bit. But if you know the game, and, and, and to be honest, I've coached more in this, in this last four months of baseball for seventh grade 
than I did in my probably my last two years of, of coaching in high school. Mm. Because you know what, you're coaching high school, you've got to worry about the Pepsi truck coming and when they're delivering and loading up the pop machines, getting the concession stand ready. You've got your field maintenance you got to do, you got to edge, you got to line, you got to do all that stuff. So you got your assistants out who are running the pregame, you know, getting getting them stretched out. I mean, you're trying to throw batting practice. As soon as that's over, all of a sudden the trash truck guy shows up and he's got to pick up the trash and he's a little help getting to the gate. Hey, coach, you got this guy up here waiting on you. I mean, you're getting pulled in all directions. And, right. you know, this year for us, I didn't have to do the weightlifting in the winter. I didn't have to do the the early pitching guys that come in at 5, 30, 6 o'clock because we don't have time to get them in the gym afterwards because we're out, you know, cold weather area. Yeah. I mean, so we didn't have to fundraise because there's not that much fundraising goes on at that level. So it's like you finally get a coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I've enjoyed that as much as anything, just being able to coach and just show up and have a two-hour practice and have your practice plan ready to go and tell the kids why we're doing this and what's happening and see it in a game and see it not happening and be able to explain to them what, what went on, the good things and, and the bad things uh, or the things that we want to change. And, uh, but, but I think the kids are the same. <clears throat> I just think that, you know, I, being held accountable has changed. Uh, we're always, there's always a way that we can tell kids that was well, not really your fault. It's, it's somebody else's fault. And I think, you know, across the board, we're seeing that all the way to adulthood that, yeah, it's not really your fault. It's somebody else's. So we can diagnose you for whatever you have and we can make an excuse for it, in my opinion, but we we can diagnose this. And, you know, that's the problem right now. So we need to change. We need to treat you differently. I think you, you treat them all the same in a way, but you're different. Not every mm-hmm. kid's the same, but you have the same rules. We played a game last night and this is the fourth time this year that we've done this. A kid took off and, and went from first to second base on his own. He just took off. And he's safe every time. He's happy as heck, right? And his mom and dad's happy. I called timeout with the umpire. Time up. And I asked the guy from third base, and he's a second, who gave you the steal sign? Nobody. But I was safe. So go back to first. So I sent him back to first base. And then afterwards, I said, guys, why are we doing this? Because you know what? We might be playing a really close game. And, you know, these, these were – lopsided so they 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 knew they could steal mm-hmm. and i said but if i let this go one time what about in a real important game when you are the person that we need to get to second you got to look at the pitch count you got to look at the batter you got to look and see where they're playing and you got to look at the catcher's arm you got to look at the pitchers how fast he's getting the ball to the plate i said so if you take off on your own and there's two outs and you're the third out of the inning or you're the zero outs and you're the first out of the inning and you're the first runner on and we need you to get to second. So we're going to bunt you over probably or hit and run if you're, if you got any speed. So who tells you from then that, that it's going to work. It worked last time. Why wouldn't it work this time? I said, I'm the coach. You're the player. You worry about being the player. I'll worry about being the coach. But if you have a question about it after the game, mm-hmm. let's go, t- let's talk about it. Or if your parents have a question about it, have them see me real quick. I'll tell them exactly why we did that. But, but I don't think in, in, in the, in the ball that they're playing, whether it's travel ball, whatever, uh, summer ball, I think, I think what you see is it, it worked. I'm not going to say anything about it. And then all of a sudden when it really blows up in your face, then you're all upset about it. If you don't handle the situation right at the time it happens, then how are you going to correct those and teach the kids the proper way to play the game? 
and uh, and I, you know, I see that uh, I see that in regular high school the last couple of years. People sure. do. The coach says what, and they just throw their arms up, and the guy gets thrown out, and he goes back to the bench, and I don't know if they ever say anything about it again. Which you know, if you would have handled that earlier in the year, and let them know that hey, I'll let you know when I want you to go. Now mm-hmm. we like anybody, you get certain kids have the green light. So if you get thrown out and you thought you could steal, then that's different. Mm-hmm. But, but you only have two or three or four of those guys on your team that have the green light. The rest of those guys are too slow to have the green light mm-hmm. and, or they don't know the situation and how important your run is. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's important to make sure you discuss that, talk about that and put kids back in their place once in a while. Uh, if it embarrasses you, you know, that's too bad. You know, you're not going to embarrass the team by doing it in the bad time and you get thrown out and say, well, I've done it three times already and you didn't say anything about it. So those are things I think the discipline part, I think, is is huge that you just got to stay on top of it and and let them know when they mess up. Guys, now I, I, would, I would do tell our guys in the varsity level, mm-hmm. I pull the butt out of the game. You're not playing the rest of the day. If I give a kid I, – I, a kid it's I got working at the golf course with with me now, Doug DeVore, who played with the Diamondbacks for two years. And some of the guys at the golf course were talking at lunchtime. And he said, Coach, do you remember when you gave me the bunt sign <laughs> and I hit a home run and you jerked my butt out of the game? I said, Yeah, I remember that. Because <laughs> you know what? We you didn't know you were gonna hit a home run. I mean, at that time you were a sophomore starting varsity. And I just wanted the guy. To, I just wanted to bunt down to get the guy in storing position. Well, you had a two-run homer. Mm-hmm. But you know, I wasn't going to let it bypass that. Hey, you're stronger than the team, and you can make your own shots. There you go. You know, down the road, you know that I would never give you the bunt. As a junior and senior, the bunt is off. You know, you're hitting away. So uh, he laughed about it, and he said, "Well, that was probably a good move." <laughs> Holding yeah. kids accountable. Yeah. I love how I like it. Like even John Wooden said, the bench screams, you know, it's like, you got to scream like, Oh, you're just going to just take a seat right here and not play. Yeah. Yeah. You want to watch Get your camera out and take pictures because you know what? You're not back in today. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, think, I think that's all a big part of it is just, but, but also let them know you care about them. You love them. Um, if you didn't like them, you wouldn't have them on the team. You would have cut them. Uh, I got faith in you and, uh, and that, uh, you know, that's a big part of it. Oh, for sure. Now let's talk about that. Cause I mean, those are, those are tough conversations. And I think as head coaches, you have to understand that you're going to have a tough conversation. So let's say the kid had bunted hit a home run. Is that a conversation like right away you're having with him and say, look, you're just going to sit down on the bench right here. You're just going to watch. And then we have the conversation there. Or is this a conversation you have after the game? Well, for the, for that varsity level, I did it right now mm-hmm. or the, for the seventh graders, I just send them back to first base, or I or I would tell them, "You're out of the game." But but I'd also say, "What's my signals? Let me go through this. What is this? That's the bunt. What is this? That's the steal. That's hit and run. This is this. This is that." And so you know this. You know the signals, and you didn't you didn't miss any, and you didn't do this. Like give it to me again. Mm-hmm. So you just told me, Coach, fuck you. Uh, I'm I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing it my way. Yeah, and I that, that's where you got to that's where you got to say no. I'm the coach. You're the player, and, and we're on the same page here. Uh huh. 
excuse my language there. I was just talking in general. With That's you. what it is, man. That's what it is. But uh, yeah, sometimes that, that, you know, and the more they get that in their head that they can do whatever they want, then it comes back to haunt them later. Right. You know, that's, that's my feeling anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it seems, it, it seems, you know, you're very, um, you know, the team was always at the big forefront of, of, of what you did and what you were. So would you say like, I want to say like the best thing that you did, but is that, would you say like, that's what you've really known for is just having just, we're all about the team. We're all about each other here. Yeah. Well, you know, we had, we had a kid, we've got a kid right now. That's probably one of our top five hitters, but he's the slowest guy on the team. So I put him at number eight because I can't put my fastest guys behind him. I need my fastest guys in front of him. So I got to explain to him one-on-one yesterday after the game, you know, here's why you're batting eighth. You're hitting well right now. But when I put you at, at the four, three, four, five, which is where he plays in, in a normal summer, mm-hmm. pretty good hitter. Now you're holding up my fastest guys. And if I hold up my fastest guys, then you can't knock them in because you're slowing them up from scoring. When you get to second, they might be able to get to third. And then, so you got, you have a re, you have a, you have to have a solid plan, a solid reason. And you got to be reasoned. I think you got to reason to the kids and the parents. Once they see it, they understand it. Mm-hmm. They don't hear it. They never know. They just keep questioning why, why, why. And uh, I think good coaches have a way of explaining to the kids that here's why you're batting this order. See, you're actually our second cleanup, buddy. You know? There you so go. We want guys on base when you get up to bat. If I bat you earlier than that, then you're slowing the whole process down because less guys are going to be on base potentially. And you're slowing them down from scoring runs. Cause I got to hold you up at third, which means I got to hold the guy up second from getting to third. And, and it keeps us, it keeps them in four situations rather than um, getting you in a situation where you can actually get more RBIs. So I think you got to find a way where you can rationalize what your thinking is to make sense to the kids and the parent. And I've always been a believer. You tell the parent, the kid, and they're supposed to go and tell the parent. I, I'm not going to talk to them one-on-one every time we make a decision. Sure. Do this, do this, do this. And then when the parents ever ask, it's like, did your son ever talk to you? Well, no, they didn't. Well, you need to talk to him more because he knows. Mm-hmm. So you need to ask him those questions. Why are you batting eighth? Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you a, a closer and not a starter? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's a lot of conversations that you have to have with your players. And if you're not doing that with your players and telling them what's going on, then they have no idea. And then the parents are confused because they have no idea. But, so, but I, would, I would say this too. You know, this is a big triangle. Yeah. you got your players. If you didn't have players, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't be a coach. And then you got the parents who are basically with those players. So you need the parents too. Mm-hmm. You need all on your side. So I always look at it as a triangle like this where you got the, the coach is making decisions. It's upside down. Coach is making decisions, but then you got your, your, your kids, your players, and your parents also have to know what's happening for them to really like you and support you. And, and I think that's the key. We, I got to support our players, but they have to support us back. And if you don't talk to them about what your plan is and just make irrational changes, then, I mean, it's, it's chaos. And it should, I mean, it really, if you went through it, I went through it in a normal life, we're saying, we're just scratching our heads saying, what the heck's going on here? Does this guy know what he's doing? 
But if he'd open up a little bit to the players and then let the players talk to the parents, then it makes that conversation so much easier to set back. Okay, I, I don't, maybe I don't agree, but I understand what he's saying. Um, now, is this something that you, is this something that's changed? Like, so with, with, in your career, you know, you've had a great career and, and you've seen a lot. You've probably seen some big changes. Is this something that you have just grown to do? Is something you've always done? Or is this something you've kind of had to take on maybe later on in your career? I've always said this. I, I think I, I was lucky. I was around some great coaches growing up. I was around great coaches, um, working with great coaches at the high school level. I, I was assistant coach at Portsmouth, Ohio. We got beaten in the state finals. I was student teaching and I was a mm. volunteer assistant. And, uh, and I was, I was, uh, uh, student teaching in phys ed and the phys ed teacher was the head baseball coach. Mm. So we were spending together every day, 10 hours a day. Cause we rode to work together and rode back and the, and the, and the school was an hour drive from where he lived and from where I went to college. Mm. And so we, we talked a lot, we hung out a lot and he was a great fundamental coach and he was that way. So I was lucky to be mentored by guys like that. And then we went to Indiana with Bob Morgan, um, who's a legendary guy there and himself. And I mean, and, and just watching those guys work, and watching what they did, um, I could see that, you know, there's right ways and wrong ways, but the more you open up and you want your players to open up, then you got to open up as well. Mm. Um, and, and I was, uh, you know, I was, I've always been a high energy guy. I've, I've run five marathons. Nice. And I want my kids to be high energy, but if I can't throw batting practice every day and I can't run with them once in a while, and I can't do, you know, hit ground balls for two hours straight, and hit pop-ups to the outfielders over and over and over, then I couldn't be the guy I wanted to be. Because guys, if I'm working, I'm the one. I'm the one working the hardest. I'm hitting all the ground balls. I'm hitting all the pop-ups. I'm hitting. I'm throwing BP. And you're taking 15 swings, three rounds of five, run the bases. I mean, you, you're really just doing a light workout compared to what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm 50 years old, and then I got to be 55, and then I got to be <laughs> 60. I said, you know, you're just going through the motions here. So. I think I learned it from the right people. I, I was lucky and fortunate in my in my career starting up to be around guys like that. Uh, wow, yeah, because you didn't see that. You know, that wasn't always the case. You know, people thinking of the triangle, we're all working together. You know, it's my way or the highway. You know, like you had a lot of that. So it's it's pretty. Yeah, you, it's definitely very surprising. You know, it's pretty awesome. Well, when I grew up in the in the in the sixties and seventies, there there was always a line for parents. They just didn't cross the line. Now there's no line. So that's changed. Okay. But if you, but if you coordinate with the parents, what's going on, then the line, the line gets back to where it should be. Because, mm -hmm. hey, I trust you enough to let you, let you do this. I know you know what you're doing. I've seen your stats. You, you've been pretty successful in what you're doing as a coach. But then they end up liking you. And when they like you, then, you know, that's good for the whole program. Because now you got money rolling in we got buddies who can help out we got donations i mean so i've always said this you know what we can screw up enough on our own and make mistakes we don't need to go out and run people off and mm -hmm. let them know that we're the king you know I, i'm just an ordinary guy that grew up on a farm and, and i make mistakes and i don't want to piss people off just by just just for the sake of saying this is the way we, we do it right 
So communication to me is, is so key. And, it, and it, just like on the ball diamond, I mean, your outfielder's communicating, your infielders, your outfield coming in for a pop-up, your infielder going back, the outfield overrules the infield. The, you know, uh, the pitcher overrules the catcher, the infielders overrule the pitcher on pop-ups, you know. And, and I'm just saying, guys, we got to do that in life. I mean, you're, you're at the second level of your career as a business guy, but there's guys above you. You don't go tell them what the heck you're, you know, you don't overrule them, but someday you'll be that guy and you'll be able to look down. And if you can get along with your guys below you, then you're going to move up. If you piss off the people above you, then you're not going anywhere. You're probably going out, <laughs> you know? So, and, and to me, our parents were the upper level. Yeah. You know, I get it. These are your kids. You want to, you want the, the best for them. Uh, and I think sometimes we forget that. And I, and I've tried to tell our local coaches around here, some stuff about that. Say, you know what, if you want to stay here very long, you don't want to screw up. You don't want to screw up a good thing here. Right. And, and let them know that, that maybe you don't know as much as you think, you know, mm -hmm. but you are still in control of this program. So get those people on your side and then you got a lot of help down the road. Um, you know, we built, uh, our stadium, we started from scratch and, and I raised $600,000 in my 33 years there. Mm. And, um, and we had national high school field of the year for the national high school baseball coach association. We got a, you know, two story press box and elevator to the top 50 box seats, air conditioned, heated mm. for the parents underneath is our locker room. And said, so you, you won't get this in most division three, division two schools, right? You might get it at Ohio State and you might get it at Indiana and, you know. Yeah, there's and, some mid-majors that don't have that. Yeah. So it's like we got a great facility, but it's because you got friends and not enemies. All right. You don't want to make enemies. And some people say that doesn't bother me a bit. A bit. And Well, it should. It should. Right. So, like I said, I, I, I'm sure I got it from my mom and dad. They were the same type of people. They were okay. willing to help everybody. Um, I, I want to help anybody that needs help if I can and certain, you know, within reason mm -hmm. and I want to help all the players I can. Um, you know, in, in most of our years, we kept a lot of players and I, I don't know if you ever read this or not, but the year we won the state, we had 30 players on my varsity team. Oh my, no, I did not read that. My average year is about 26. Daggum. And so I would tell our players this, here's what we have. And not not tell our players, but but tell our coaches, guys. If this kid didn't have baseball in a school of twenty four hundred students, he would have no identity. He only plays one sport. He hangs around these guys. These are his buddies. If we cut this kid, he's he's just out on his own because they're always going to be with baseball stuff. Mm -hmm. So what's he going to do? So let's make this kid a bullpen catcher only. And, and we tell them that you're a bullpen catcher only. If you can handle that and your parents can handle that, we have a little contract we make up. I did the same thing with my seventh graders this year. I had four of those kids who signed a contract. If any time during the year that you complain about playing time, then you're cut that day. <laughs> but as long as you, as long as you can handle it and your parents can handle it, you're with us all year and you get a varsity letter. And um, it's worked out great for me. Uh, a lot of guys say, I, I can't do it. I want 18. I want 17. I want right. 16. And, but, but I made sure they got the repetitions. I didn't give them the same as the starters, but they got repetition. They got to take batting practice. They got to catch infield and 
and do pop-ups. They got, they took infield pregame. Um, but, you know, you have to have three or four balls going at the same time or else yeah. I'm slow. It takes a while. It takes a while. So, 30 guys. But to give 30 kids state championship rings in 2001 was probably the greatest. I bet it was. No, never forget that. Yeah. And, mm. and like I said, those guys, now they come back. They come to games. They bring their kids to games. They bring their girlfriends and wives to games. And it's like, you know what? No one knows 10 years from now if you ever got on the field or if you yeah. were a player. Right. They just know, you know what? You're on a state championship team and you play for Dublin Coffee. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be used wisely with a lot of people, but they get afraid of the parent phone calls and they get, sure. but, but then all of a sudden, and that, and that's true. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, if you're open and willing to discuss all this with the kids and, and not, always point a kid out mm-hmm. but you know that we're we're here as a team we're all wearing this together um but i mine was a little different too because i had some stringent rules and to this day until this year we got a new coach but we had a haircut rule it couldn't be longer than mine that means it had to be off the collars and off your ear mm-hmm. a shave rule that you had to shave every day and then as times changed we got a tattoo rule if you get a tattoo you can't play for us Mm-hmm. And if you pierce your ears, you can't play for us. And guys said, well, I'll take them out during the game. He said, no, no, no. This is 24-7, 12 months a year. You're a baseball player, really, 12 months a year. Not mm-hmm. just time baseball practice starts. And that's the way a lot of sports treat it. You're only with me. I'm only responsible for you for these three or four months of the season. And after that, you're on your own. And um, and if they were willing to do that, then you know what? That And to this day – I had, I had kids that would come up to the game. They take their earrings out in the parking lot. I say, you know what? Once you get in college, you do whatever you want. But when you're 15, 16, you don't really know what you want. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you do this stuff cause it's hype and it looks good and this and that. And that's what everybody else is doing. But for us, you know what? We don't need to be those guys. We want to be that. We want to do, we want to be a Dublin baseball guy. And like I said, that worked for me, but I think my wife said, good thing you're getting out because somebody will be suing you soon for, for saying you have to do this. And I'd probably lose, mm-hmm. but we didn't have any issues with it for, for 33 years. Mm. Yeah, well, it's not so much that you lose. It's a matter of, like, I think administration, too. Administrations aren't oh, yeah. really backing yeah. as much, you know, like where you seem to have a good administration, you know, back doing those kind of things and – well, that's another issue. That's a, that's a big, that's a big, yeah. big difference too, you know. And but if you're a first year coach, you couldn't enforce all that, right? You know, right. You got to prove yourself first and get to know. Right. Them. Yeah. You have proven yourself. Here's the rules that we have, you know, and that's just what we're what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and I was there before most of our principals and Matt, right. Our principal and those now. kids even knew knew as middle school kids going into Dublin, like here's what you're gonna do. Yeah. It was funny this year because we we had our seventh grade and eighth grade started on the same day, February twenty second. The eighth grade came in, they got all long hair. Seventh grade kids I'd never even met. And actually, I ended up, I had two other kids' brothers, and I didn't know they were on the team. And uh, I said, you know, I show up and all these kids have short hair. So, guys, you look great. But uh, about three days later, one of the kids told me, he said, you know, one of the moms got on the phone, called the other mothers, and said, hey, you know, one of his rules, you got to get a haircut. And all these kids got their haircut. I said, sometimes a good reputation isn't all bad. That ain't, that ain't, that's good. <laughs> it, took, it took care of itself. That's it. That's it. 
Yeah, I'm sure they definitely appreciate you being being helping them out. Man, Coffin's that big that you got seventh and eighth grade team, not just a middle school team. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got four middle schools. We got three high schools now. When I started, as one. Now they're in two th- in 1995, the fall of '95, we opened up a second high school, and then in 2000, 2005, we opened up a third high school. So now we got four four middle schools, and then we're opening up another middle school next next fall mm. five middle schools feeding those three high schools now Kaufman's the biggest mm-hmm. and it's the biggest building so it'll always be the biggest um i don't think they're looking at a fourth high school but maybe you never know but then all the local areas around have middle schools as well okay but the problem is a lot of those a lot of those uh schools their best players play travel ball and they'll be opening up here this weekend or next weekend yeah tournaments so their coaches say, don't play middle school, just play, play for us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our players are really rec players, but we're fortunate. We got, we got six or seven travel team kids this year with us. Um, and I don't know if it had anything to do with me being there or I'm sure it did whatever, but if I stay there for a couple of years, I think we'll, I mean, I think we'll get a lot of kids. Dads will say. That's why people, and that's why hey, people go to stay certain there, stay there for three. Yeah. And honestly, like, and that's my, been my experience now with all this too. Like people are just going to go where they get good coaching. You know, a yeah. lot of people feel like they're probably people feel like they need to pay for good coaching. So it's really just going to travel. So like they know that the travel coach is, it's just gonna be a better coach. Like that's yeah. typically what it comes down to. Like that's been my experience now looking around like, man, like, okay, I'm part of USC. Like it's cause there's some good coaches around here. Like there's some good guys, you know, where you just don't not see that you know, at your local rec or yeah. sometimes in middle school, like you're just, cause then there's a, the bureaucracy of the, of the school system says you got to be a teacher, you know, let alone the, the, the schedule to, to practice at three o'clock. There's not many people that can do that. Yeah. You're exactly right. And, and sometimes you're forced to just take whoever takes the position. Yeah, that too. Um, so yeah, I get it. And, um, but Dublin's, Dublin's a good baseball community. Mm-hmm. It's had good talent. We've had a lot of, uh, D1 guys, we've had four or five guys make to the big level hmm. uh, from this school district. So it's, uh, you know, even the guys you don't hear of, like CJ, ends up playing football at Ohio State. Hmm. And he was, not an all, he was not an all-state player. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good community. And, and even, you know, you got numbers. If you got numbers, you can – if you yeah, can get them on your side. Thing. If you got numbers, you can win. If you don't have right. numbers, then that's, that's a different story. Yeah, like you said, talent, uh, talent. <laughs> you gotta have talent. Well, it's like you can't be a good coach unless you have good talent. And yeah, you know, I, I was a pretty good coach at times because we had we had pretty good talent. Right, right. Yeah, those those good players make good coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell our kids, guys, we're we're fourteen and three, and we're not ranked. I said, guys, it's not apples to apples. You're looking at some of these teams in Alabama and Florida and Georgia and Texas and California and Arizona. They got they got four possible draft picks on their team. Right. We got four possible college guys in our team. <laughs> yeah. Right. A little different. It's a little oh, different. Yeah. For so, sure. but I, but I think the you know, one of the things we talked about earlier on our list was how things have changed. Yeah. For me, things changed when we lost summer ball, when every kid thought they needed to play travel to get exposed. Um, and, you know, as a coach and as a person that wants to spend time with players and parents and go on trips, so we always took trips. We've been all over the place. But, 
you know, if you can't trust somebody until you know them. And if you only see them during the spring, you don't know them well enough. I mean, you've heard about them, but you don't know them well enough yourself unless you spend time with them. So when we lost our best players and, and back basically all players now, I mean, travel baseball is pretty watered down in a lot of areas because every kid wants to play travel. And yeah, if you pay 2,500 bucks, you can play for us. And then besides that, you're going to pay for the trips and your parents are going to have to drive you and the meals stuff go with it. But it's like when we played our, our, when we had our summer league schedules playing other high schools, and then we'd take a trip to uh, Minnesota or we'd, or we'd come down to Atlanta, Georgia and play in that firecracker tournament mm-hmm. uh, at Marietta and those places. Um, you know what? You spend time, you get a chance to be by the pool to talk to your parents and spend time with them. We always take our trips to Florida in the spring or, or someplace else uh, in the South. And if you don't spend time with them, they don't have a chance to really get to know you and know what you're all about. And they've heard about it. They've, they've seen you around. They know you've been here a while, but when your players leave you after the last game and you don't see them again until school starts back, uh, you know, it, to me, it's like I didn't know the players as well as I used to. Mm-hmm. They didn't know me as well as they used to. And the biggest thing was I never got a chance to really meet the parents to explain to them what route they should take and what route would be best for them and where they are. And maybe there's no route for you, man. I mean, he's just a nice kid. And, right. You know, so there's some schools they can play at, but they're not real academic schools and they're not real good baseball programs. Mm-hmm. So when we lost that and with, with, uh, with losing our, our summer high school seasons, then that was a big change for me that it, it uh, I, I just lost the, I lost the feeling of getting to know our kids and, and our parents and they lost the feeling of getting to know me as well as we used to. Cause back in my earlier years, they loved it. They loved, yeah. you know, those trips are awesome. We were great. And these kids went on to play at a college level and, and, and now once once the season's over they're gone i mean they're playing someplace or they're not playing place at all because there's no place for our high school kids to play anymore because everybody's playing travel travel mm-hmm. would schedule us games and then they'd cancel because oh, we, we just played in atlanta georgia from ohio we just went to atlanta uh we have no pitching well now your pitcher who's supposed to throw on monday and tuesday because they're supposed to be off well they just pitched 10 innings last weekend so you can't pitch them right you know, and then their other kids are sore and, and other kids got this. And by the way, they, they we scheduled a practice today. It wasn't on the schedule. So I got to go to this practice. So it, so we, in basically in central Ohio, there's no more, there's no summer baseball from the high You're school. saying summer baseball. So like in Ohio, you're saying that they had a, you, you played your, you played your high school schedule for the Ohio state championship for high school. And then in the summer, was it still sanctioned as, as high school or was it sanctioned as legion? No. It was just Legion. It was Legion. Back, then, back then it was American Legion. And, and right. we, but we also had lower levels. Our, our JVs and our freshman kids would play a, a schedule, mm-hmm. five, 30 games. And we play other high schools okay. uh, at their levels. And then as they, so the high level, schools would then also be the Legion team. So would, so would you be able to get other kids from other areas to be on your Legion team or is still just, it was strictly just high school. Well, Legion, Legion folded in Ohio. Okay because they couldn't they couldn't get enough teams now they still have american legion baseball in ohio but there's like six teams in the whole state mm. it used to be 200 mm. 
because the other elite teams and stuff are taking over, taking those players. So now everybody's starting to drop their legion. We had, we used to have 13 teams, American Legion teams in central Ohio in our district. And now we have zero. Mm. So there's no place to even draw from. I mean, you, they still got their rules. You can pick up from five different, you know, core, core, corresponding different, uh, touching, uh, region or, uh, when your borderline school touches another borderline school, they're eligible up to 2,500 students or 20, yeah. 3,800 students, whatever it is. I mean, that's boys. So you could pick up from other schools, but we always kept ours together. We just kept one school mm-hmm. and we play other teams like um, uh, American Legion teams that had picked up from five, five or six different high schools. So it, that, that all changed in the last 10 years. And uh, it was, for me, it was, it was not good. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to spend time with them like I used to. Uh, And to be honest, I didn't see any more kids getting any bigger. They didn't get drafted. They didn't get the big division one offers. They just, uh, they just played more baseball. And, you know, for a parent that doesn't, that's never been through it. They don't know except for what they're hearing from other parents. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. Yeah. They don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, like I said, I, I would never ridicule or, or criticize uh, uh, coaches for, for getting these teams, an organization. I mean, we, we got like maybe the place you're working for it. They're a, they're a business. They got five, six levels and they're uh, you know, their sanction is a business. Mm-hmm. And it used to be a travel team was a true travel team. When they travel baseball started here in, in the 1990s, you had the best of the best playing on one team. And they're playing Connie Mack and they're playing, uh, you know, the Midlands of the world and, uh, you know, Dayton Dragons out of, out of Dayton. And they're coming down to Marietta, Georgia and playing their tournaments and stuff. But then it took over as if, if my kid doesn't get in this situation, then they won't be exposed to colleges. So because the college coaches are going to watch them play and not watching our high school kids play. So the good thing was for us that, you know, I said, you know, if your high school coach is in that fraternity with those coaches, you know, being an assistant in Indiana, knowing these college coaches across the Midwest, right. And with USA baseball, say, guys, I can help you find a school. So we have a kid named Joey Murray right now. He's in, uh, he's on the elite squad with uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. He was hurt his whole career, but he was still in 92, 93 when he graduated. And he said, I need to go play for this travel team. And I said, Joey, this is after his junior year. I said, Joey, you've been hurt. So if, if you can't even play for us because you're hurt, you're going to get hurt worse when you go play for a travel team and probably look worse. So we hooked him up with a team in the fall. The um, It's called the Redbirds that, that one of the, pro sanctioned deals that they have in the fall. Yeah. He goes, to, he goes to Kent state for his first game. And I called the Kent state coach up the pitching coach. And I said, Hey coach, you, no one's going to know about this kid. He's always been hurt, but you're going to like this kid. So we got him on the team. First, they turned him down then a couple pitchers left. And he got into, he got into the Redbirds program and uh, his first game at Kent state, the head coach calls me back and the pitching coach and said, Tim, these guys, no one knew of this kid. And they're saying, where's this kid been? Mm. I said, but because he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and they offered him two days later. He signed with Kent State and became an All-American, and now he's now he's one step away from the big leagues. Mm. And it's probably he tells he he would say this day that probably the best advice I ever took was saying I listened to you, my coach, and I didn't go out and try to get on all these uh, travel teams that were that were recruiting me. Mm-hmm. Because you'll get seen with us, you won't get seen at Dublin Kaufman. But if your coach is in that fraternity, you got right. a better. Life. If your coach isn't, or you live out in the country, you you've got to do some things a little different. I understand all that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely depends. Like you said, well, like you've been saying, it all depends on the kid. You know, everybody's yeah. situation is a little different. Absolutely. No, but, uh, but no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a great career. This BCA I'm, uh, now that we're working with is is growing. Um, I just like to encourage all high school coaches to take a look at it. I think it's got some good benefits for everybody. We're trying to get people involved more and more than we ever had before. We're making committees. We're trying to get new things going that uh, – we start an academic All-American thing this year. Um, you know, the the National High School baseball was was broken away. Jerry Miles used to be the used to be the the executive director of uh, of the BC of the ABCA. Where after two years he got released, he started the National High School baseball. So it's basically the same foundation. It's got the same committees. It's got the same stuff that they do that we do at the high school level. Mm-hmm. The difference is we are we are all volunteers and we're we're all high school coaches, and uh, but it's it's fun to meet a lot of people. And, you know, you spoke mm-hmm. with us years back, uh, bringing in high school coaches, talk about high school so that you can actually come, you know, you can relate to it. Yeah, you got a small school guy or a large school guy, you can relate to that type of of coach versus listening to a pro coach or a guy that's got you know. Tim Corbin at Vanderbilt's got 12 batting cages in his, in his facility, plus a full indoor workout. You know, most high school guys look at that and say, wow, I can't use this stuff. I don't, I don't have the facilities. I don't have the manpower. So it's uh it's all good stuff. I mean, it's, and, and we're learning every day. I learn every day. You're learning every day. Absolutely. Uh, people listening to this, you know, it's the game's not changing, but ways to teach and coach are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, to be under, understand what these kids are going through. Uh, the pressure on these kids today in school is unbelievable. Uh, and the family life is unbelievable. It's, it's different. It's not as simple as it used to be. Um, so it's not that we're getting old and not growing it. We had to adjust and, and you, you can, the kids have to adjust, but you need a different type of leadership or, or better leadership than what some of them are getting. Yeah. And I think they're ready to listen. They're ready to listen. They're ready to learn. Um, so that that's a good part about it. I mean, it's relationship uh, field, and, and to me, it's 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 always been that way, and it's that's never going to change. Mm. So, like when you talk about developing those relationship, coach, like what's the what's been the best ways you've been able to do that? Well, number one, I think you always be friendly to everybody, uh, and if somebody asks you for help, you help them. Um, whether it's, you know, in this day and age, now everybody pays for their kid to get lessons. I say, guys, I don't, I don't pay for lessons. I don't charge for lessons. I'll work with your son and, and I'll meet him at the cage on a Sunday or Saturday or whatever it might be in the summer. And I'll work with him for 45 minutes or an hour. But when it's over, dad, mom, you take notes. Now it's up to you to be a parent and you work with them on this. And I'll see you in like three weeks. 
yeah. you know, to have 12 sessions and say, all right, we're gonna have 12 sessions here. And I paid 400 bucks for 12 sessions and where it's all about hitting or it's all about fielding or it's all about pitching. To me, it's like, all right, I get it. But if you're not taking notes and work with them on, on the side, then I can't, I can't really do anything for them just in my 12 half hour sessions that we're having. Mm-hmm. I can show them the basics, but they're going to forget this in a matter. No, as soon as I leave, they're going to, they're going to miss this. They're, they're not going to remember it. So you guys, as, as parents, you're paying for this. You, you need to take notes and you need to talk about this with your son. Did you do this? Did you do this? Not force it on him, not say it, not yell at him during the game, but just watch the game, watch practice. And, you know, they know their, their kids worth better than we do. Sure. You know, if they're not into it, they're, you know what, then you're wasting your money to try to get them into it. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things that I think, you know, you want your players to have a personality, whether the coach has to have a personality to lead that. It all starts from the top. And uh, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to talk at the right times and listen to what the parents are asking? Say, so, okay, here's, here's the route. Here's the basic part I would take. Uh, you know, here's the steps I would take to get this done. So that's, that's what I try to do, and it's, it's paid off. And I think when people see you being genuine and working on the field every day and doing the little things that most people don't do and still being able to spend time with their kids, then it's like, you know what, maybe this is a person we should listen to. Yep. And that's, uh, that was, that's been the biggest success for me, I think, is getting the parents on my side and, and not run them off. Now, there are times you have to have a heart-to-heart with the parent. Sure. But it's not, it's not 10 or 12 in the same year from the same senior class. You know, and sometimes, guys, we are, you know, I always said my varsity baseball team should be if we're doing this right, it should be the best travel team your son's ever played for. Mm-hmm. So we're not here to equalize playing time. We're here to win games. And if number one shortstop and your son's number two, we either got to find him a new position, which, you know, shortstops usually can do that, or he's going to sit. Mm-hmm. If he's not willing to play another position or play in the outfield and he's all disgruntled about it, then it's he's not going to make it as a player for us. So if he can't make a player for us, then how's he going to make it at a college level? Right. And that's the heart to heart. Sometimes you have to say, you know, you have to talk about, but to be yelling, screaming at each other, you know, that, that's, those days are over. You got to be able to have a, a conversation. Yeah. It's, communication continues to come up, you know, all throughout tonight, you know, that's something you definitely have, uh, you know, it, it, man, like something that you've learned. I mean, like what was, I mean, communication has really, really popped up a lot tonight, you know, and it's, it's, it's really good. Like how, you know, I think people would, I think what people would agree, but I think, I think the question, I think the question comes down to like, you know, what advice would you give someone to become a better communicator? Well, I was, I would say this, number one, you have to know in your heart and soul that, you know, you can back up what you're saying, what you're doing. Okay. You have to have, you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to have confidence that what I'm doing here, this is the, this, it, you know, let's just take rundowns, for instance. Sometimes we always follow the ball and go to the back of the line. We peel to the right so we don't cross the baseline. We go to the right. Um, the lefties, they peel to the left so they can toss the ball and not, not run across the baseline. Other guys have you, – you toss the ball, you go to the back of the line you came from. Um, so there's more than one way to skin a cat. You just got to convince them that, guys, here's why we do this, just so you're not – 
just so you're not crossing the baseline, just so you're not getting, you know, why, why are you going to run forward when you got your full speed and pulling the brakes and turn around and go backwards? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, I think, I think you just have to, and your heart and soul that you understand what you're doing and you got to sell that to whoever you're talking to. And if somebody says, why well, I disagree well, that's okay, but here's why we do it. And here's why we do it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I treat the kids this, this way, when I point out one kid um, who can take a joke, but I don't point out another kid that can't take a joke, I got I to gotta know that in advance. If I yell at a kid, he melts. If I yell at another kid, he gets fired up. You know, he wants to fight. So some kids I can yell at and, and other kids I know I can't yell at. or mm-hmm. just, They're going to lay down and just quit for the day because they can't handle it. So that's part of that relationship part. But um, uh, I think communicating, just being able to talk, just being able to talk to people. You know, I, I've seen, I've told my wife this many times. I've told her principal this. You know what? We're hiring these new teachers and they're nice people. But they walk down the hallway, they look at their feet. I want to walk down the hallway and high five kids. I want to walk down and, hey, Junior, what's up this morning? You know, hey, what are you drinking a Coke already this morning? It's only seven o'clock. What the heck? You got a latte coffee. You know, make a joke about it. Just That's as right. they, and they smile every time. Right. And today, you know what? That right there leads a lot of calories. You're going to be heavy here soon. <laughs> you don't do that. And and, uh, and you see these other teachers walking by, and they won't they won't talk to a kid until they get in their classroom where they feel safe. Right. And then they got their kid. You know, they got their you know, I never walked in that many classrooms. I taught phys ed where I got 40 or 50 in a class. So you've got kids running around everywhere. Sure. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's so much different, but at the same time, it's like, God, this is, this is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, one of our big things I learned from Lunch McKenzie, who's a legendary coach out of Minnesota and a big USA guy, his big thing was you don't make work out of a game. It's a mm. baseball is a game. It's, it's recess. This is recess. I said, my phys ed class, this is recess. The best times of our lives when we were fourth and fifth grade and we got recess, so we couldn't wait to go outside. And the biggest days we were bummed was when we got rained out and we had to sit inside and do puzzles and crossword games and stuff because we couldn't we couldn't go out that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried to make every day recess for everybody, uh, including the parents. Hey, enjoy the game. Be a parent. Sit back and just watch. Um, you know, the pressure's off. If you kid some, you know, we're going to win some. We're going to lose some. The kids are going to strike out once in a while. They're going to hit a single or double once in a while. You know what? We, we're not all made to be successful. And, and failure's fine. Mm-hmm. We, we've kind of taken failure out of our vocabulary. The failure's not good. And, you know, you learn from failure. Mm. You learn as a team from failure. Um, you learn from preparation. You know, I use this thing with our kids. And I say, guys, here's what we have. We have 30 kids on this team in our varsity baseball team. And we got 10 of you are basset hounds. They're great dogs, guys. They're great dogs. I love them. But they're slow. They blink slow. They got droopy ears. They just walk around. And then you got bat, you got wirehead terriers. Those are the guys I want. I want the guy nipping at your heels and trying to bite you in the ankles and stuff. I said, those guys are going to get on the field. The, the basset hounds are just going to sit back in the back and they get lost. And they get They get lost in society. Mm-hmm. but you know what they can't they don't talk to people they just kind of they're good they're nice people but you know they they don't have the enthusiasm it takes to really be successful mm. so that's why i live my life by and and that's what i try to you know 
tell our kids all the way down to seventh grade right now. We've already used that statement once or twice this year. Again, don't be don't a bass and hound. Don't be a bass and hound, guys. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I got an eight-month-old bass and hound here at the house. <laughs> you know, so I relate very well. I relate. You know, when you, when you put it, you put the guy out to go to the go to the bathroom, he just lays down in the grass. Like that's yeah. what he does. Yeah. Yeah, I relate very well. <laughs> I got God, they're great dogs, guys. I, great I love dogs. dogs. They're great dogs, but yep. you know, I want the wire-haired pair every but time. But they're not changing the world, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just nice pets that you feed me, and I'll eat it, and I'll eat <laughs> Kids will just lay on them. The kids are pulling at their ears. Yep. They're like, whatever. Like, I just yep. want to go over and lay down. Like, all you know, right. <laughs> people are the same. Yep. You know, you, you can relate that as the same, and. And I don't know if I ever heard that or just made it up, but it's like, God, this is, this is who we are. And, um, you can't win competitions with basset hounds, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, great. um, but I try to be polite about it. I'm not a big cusser. I'm not a big yell and screamer. I used to be. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Those days are done. And, and to be a better off to be, um, on tact about it, that's, it's a good move. Um, you know, when I started, we, we still paddled when I was in, when I was first started teaching. Okay. I paddled, I paddled one student in my life and I hated it, but now that we don't paddle, I, I wish there was a way that we could get more discipline, but it did wake you up, but was the best discipline we had. I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. I think there's times we paddled that we didn't need to. Mm-hmm. We could have talked some sense in a person before, um, before we did that. But, uh, it, but those things are, have changed for the better. Um, but you know, I, I talk to old coaches and they talk about discipline and this and that, and I don't know, it just depends on how you handle them, how you work with kids. You know, I, think, I think like what you said too, I think the relationships matter, man. Yeah. I think with the good relationships and the standards that you have, you know, people kind of want to come join it or they don't, you know, you know and, I get back to the rules I had and I told, I tell our kids, the reason I have these rules guys, if we didn't, we're having 80 kids go out for baseball right now. If we didn't have these rules, we'd have 120. Mm-hmm. So we'd probably be keeping some kids that could just quit on us any minute really wasn't here for the baseball. They're just here because they, they thought it would be a good, a good sport for this year. Not really dedicated to it. So I said, it weeds out all the people that say, you know what? I like my hair better. I like mirrors yeah. better. And it did that for, it, it, it did that. Cause I had kids say, well, I'd like to play, but I'm not, I'm not getting rid of my earrings. And you know what? Then you really don't care about playing. Yeah. It really did. You know, we had Kent Merker played for us who played for the Atlanta Braves. Um, and somebody said, what if Kent Merker would have said, I'm not getting my haircut coach. I said, you know what? I know Kent Merker and I coach Kent Merker and Kent Merker had long hair before I came. I coached him in American Legion. And if somebody would have said, you either get your haircut or you're not playing for us, he would have got his haircut. Mm-hmm. But that was a style, and he wanted to join in with his buddies that had the same style. And that was also in the early 80s when long hair now is coming back, which I'm not a big fan of in the major league, seeing guys with their dreadlocks and all that. But it is what it is. I mean, yeah. So, uh, but kids will still, they'll still respond to you if they respect you. Mm-hmm. And you give them a reason why. I mean, you mm-hmm. have a reason why you're having these rules or these these things that we're doing and these disciplines. Here's what here's what we do. Here's why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and and it, you say it, it goes back to relationships. Exactly. It goes back to if they trust you and they like you. Say, all right, coach, 
I'll do whatever you tell me. Yeah. Because I think, like you said yesterday, like it was a matter of like, they like you, they want to play for you. When they like yeah. you, they want to do stuff for you, you know, like, and then you really set the hit down of the head right now. It's like, if the kids like you, you're not going to have issues with parents. Yeah. Well, that's, that starts from, that starts from first grade. If the kids are having fun, you know what? The parents are loving it. If, if you give a lesson in, in hitting or pitching and kid comes home and says, I liked it. You know what? They're going to say, let's sign you up for how many, how again. many we get. And if they come back and say, oh, I hated it. It was this. And it's like taking piano lessons, everything else. I mean, I enjoyed it and that was fun. And, you know, let's keep doing it. If it's when it becomes no fun anymore, it becomes work, then it's time to give it up. And But the bad thing is, you know, what? one person, one person can determine that. Yeah. <clears throat> one person can. I've heard it many times. They had a bad coach in fifth grade. They had a bad coach in T-ball or coach pitch and then little league and then travel ball. That was a yell. It said they just got turned off. And so he quit playing. And I always tell our kids, you know what? Don't ever let one person stop you from what, from liking or doing something you like to do. Mm-hmm. Just go to you. That's when you have to go to another person and try it again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's unfortunate that, that we can, blaming on one person to cost us our whole interest in something yeah for sure not, not just baseball anything sure. uh, it's like no no don't don't let one person destroy what you used to love to do mm-hmm. i agree and uh, mm. it could have been an experience it could have been something that, that the, the adult said that rubbed you the wrong way but and maybe he didn't even know or she didn't even know that they did it like they did they you know, they, they ticked you off so bad that you never want to play for us again or never want to come out, come back and see us again. Mm. So, and I say, we, we screw up enough on our own. We don't need to invite uh, enemies. We don't want to make our own enemies by stupid stuff that, that we do or don't do. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it, it goes back. You just got to communicate. And sometimes you got to apologize. I mean, I you've probably been in a situation where, you say, I'm either going to lose this team today or we're going to get better. Yep. And almost every time we got better. Uh, I don't ever remember a time when the kids just rolled down and quit and said, we're not playing for you. Next day, they, you know, I, always, I always said this, you know, I used to try to run kids off. So we have 30 kids. Right. I tried to run kids off and they'd come back the first, they'd be the first ones there the next day. And it's like, and I used to do it in phys ed. I'd say, guys, this isn't working. We're, you know, I'm going to, I, I told a, a girl one day, and this is a joke, but I said, you know what? If you'd skip, I'd give you an A because you're such a pain in the rear. <laughs> you know you're getting a D because you don't do anything. She'd be the first one back every day. So that was so fun. <laughs> that was so funny that that I'd tell her that. And it was a, you know, but you have to know the person first before you say right, that. Right, 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 right. That's, that's it. That's the relationship you have with, with people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, coach. I'll see you tomorrow. So, all right, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I mean, I kind of just, just like overall, like I guess, kind of coming full circle, kind of wrapping things up here for the night. Thinking about like what coaching is, kind of you, because like, like I said, these things have kind of, like, they've kind of popped up all tonight. So, like, so, like looking what, into like what coaching is and coach and coaching and 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 the game and you know what would what would what would you say that would be for you? I'd say it's fun. It's just so much fun to to work with kids, see kids, and not they don't know if you're serious or not serious sometimes. But 
they respect you enough to think about it and then say, oh, God, you're, you're kidding, weren't you? So, yeah, I was kidding. What are you talking about? But, um, but that, you know, I, I think just be a kid yourself. You know, be, you don't always have to be the dominator. Mm. Uh, just be a kid yourself. You know, we, we had a good, uh, we had a kid that we kept this year that um, was one of the lower level players. And we, uh, I forgot that Ohio State was playing on Friday. We practiced on Thursday. I said, all right, guys, well, tomorrow we got practice three to five in the gym. And a kid of, of all players, the bottom level player says, coach, you know, Ohio State's playing tomorrow at 3.30, don't you? Oh, you're right. God, I forgot all about that. I don't miss that game. That was, that was in the NCAA basketball, which they got beat. And I said, uh, all right, guys, take a vote. How many people want to stay home tomorrow? Let's, let's get practice tomorrow. No practice on Friday. And we'll practice at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. The entire 16 kids held their hand up and said, we want to stay home tomorrow <laughs> and watch the game. I said, That's why I kept you, man. That's it. So. I mean, even even the you know even the the ones that, that aren't going to help you that much. Everybody's got a role. <laughs> they got a role, and and for him to step up and say that, yeah, I said I'm proud of you. I, I didn't That's tell right. him that I I forgot about it, but it's like you know what you made a good decision right there. So we voted on it, and everybody wanted to stay home and practice on Saturday, and uh, it was it was a good contribution. So they can all contribute in some way. Yeah, you know you just got to find a role for them, and and you got to give them a role. Um, but we found ways to do it over the years and it, it worked out perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. So, ah, oh, man, this is some good stuff. I mean, it's almost like we can do a couple conversations here. We're going to just keep on going. I honestly like to maybe do it again, uh, just to get it. Maybe like we didn't talk about practice, you know, we could dive into practice and all your practice. Like you said, I know you talked about like having your great practice plan ready. Like that's what you've been loving about seventh grade right now, just having the practice plan ready. So I'd, Love to dive into that. It's like, man, we're going to be two hours into this thing, you know. <laughs> what? Let's put down that um, if anyone watches this and they have uh, they have questions, okay, feel free to contact me at T Saunders, S A U N D E R S, okay, at baseballcoaches.org. Okay, and then I'll be happy to. I've got stuff on paper. I can send practice plans. I can send for what varsity. I've got my last ten years of varsity practice plans. I can just go back through and send out, and uh, you know, send out uh, some things on that I've written. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I can help out a coach, you know, I think great coaches do that. They they want to promote the game. I've heard many times. I talk to our basketball coaches, football coaches, and say, you know, we go to clinics. People don't want to show and talk about what they do. They talk, but they don't talk about what they do. And they say mm-hmm. they do it when we know they don't. Even the big time programs, it's like we don't want to share any of this. And I think being around the baseball coaches that 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 I have, that I know, that I've worked with, it's like we we just uh, we spill our guts to anything we can help other people with. And I agree. I agree. Say, that's what I love about our fraternity for sure, man. It's and that's why I started this. Like just. You know, I remember I remember talking to you just in the hallway. We were talking about infield play and the USA baseball. Like, I just like, but just those conversations there. I'm like, that's what always extended me. Like, because I I really enjoy those. Like, I'll never forget our conversation when I first met you. And just that those are the things that I love. And I'm like, if I would just be able to, you know, just to record these things that people say all the time, like it would just be it would just help grow the game, help understand like what, how great baseball coaches are. That just feel free to share what they want because like still you could give someone your practice plan, 
but Coach Saunders will run that differently than what I will run it. You know, yeah. and when his relationship with his players are going to be different, so his practice will still be different. He'll still get different things out of his players, no matter if he tells you exactly what he does or not. Yeah, and that's and that's true. But you know, if you have, if you can study some things and learn some things and try to put it in perspective and relay that, I mean, it can be at any level. Like, like I say, we're doing the same thing with our seventh graders we do with our varsity. We're taking three outfield fungo hitters. And they're throwing at different bases all in the outfield. And we, but we got 16 players. So we got two guys at each spot. And then we got two guys at each infield spot. And we're throwing, hitting two baseballs at a time in the infield. And I, I went to so many clinics over the years that said, I can't use this. I can't. Well, if, if you've only got one coach by yourself, it's very difficult. I, sure. I, but you can, you can downsize anything and just slow it down and still run your three line drills and your double fungos and, things like that indoors and outdoors. And it works because you're getting the biggest thing with practice is getting multiple repetitions. Quit talking. Let's go to work. We're not lecturing here for 30 minutes. We're talking about it. Let's go, let's go do it. And then if you can get 50 ground balls in the infield and, you know, 30 or 40 pop-ups each in the outfield and you got different lines going. And like, I always hit the outfield because our other coaches couldn't hit pop-ups. They're hitting over their head and then they're hitting shallow. So, do split your outfitters up into four groups and I hit one to the right, one to the left, one to the right, one to the left, and just rapid fire and have a cut two cutoff men and two guys hand me balls and just keep hitting. It's almost like a machine. And uh, then now we're coming in close. We're working over our head and then we're back. We're working, coming in front and then we're going to switch lines and run from left to right and right to left. Uh, all of a sudden it's like, even the seventh graders guy practices over already. That's what you want to hear. That's what, that's a, that's a compliment. I think of you as a coach practice is over already. Yeah. It seemed like we've oh, we been here two hours. And Cause I think after two hours, you start losing attention span. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked to Bernie Walter many times. He just passed away. He's like yeah. out of, out of Maryland. Yeah. Five, six hour practices, just like two a day practice in football. He'd do the same thing in baseball. And I said, it, it wasn't for me. I get it. But, uh, and, and it worked for him of course, cause he had like 12 night or 12 state championships and, and one national title. Right. Um, so it, uh, like I said, it wasn't for me, but uh, it, it, like I said, take that same stuff. And if I knew it better, it might've worked for me. Mm-hmm. That's time with him. And that's what was good about being in USA baseball and stuff. Being around good, great coaches. You learn over four or five weeks, some great stuff. Hearing a guy speak for 40 minutes, you like what they're saying, but you don't know it well enough to really implement it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I take a lot of notes over the years and a little bit of, I use a lot of it. I just thought about, mm-hmm. you know, so part of the process, helping you get better. Yeah, yeah, just even thinking about your process, you know? Yeah. Anytime you makes you think it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. So, and it, it does make you better mm-hmm. because there's a certain point here. The good thing now about social media, you can see these live drills and stuff right away. Which yeah. The content's we, for sure there yeah, all the time. I mean, it's now out. it's a matter of choosing what not to do. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason now not to know a lot about the game because there you of go. free online. I agree. I mean, you never have to go to a clinic. I mean, to me, the clinic part's the fraternity part that you want to hook up with your buddies and stuff and be around guys like you, right? And and meet guys like you, like we did. Yeah. And and then just watching the video though, it's like, geez, I get four or five a day on catching, pitching, hitting, 
and you know mindset this mindset and culture now has taken over mm-hmm. and he's gotten gotten huge and i i like it but i really think you know if you have a relationship with your kids that's what a culture is all that's where it starts so well, great place to roll there relationships start yeah so relationships begin yeah your overall culture if you don't have a relationship you have no culture you know, or, or you have negative, you have too many negative cultures that can pop up and bite you. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah, 40 years, of, place roll. 40 years of coaching and now 41, now 42 with the seventh grade team. Yeah. And, um, and you, I might be here for another 10 years coaching seventh grade. Who knows? You'll, well, we'll see. But it's fun. Like coaching, coaching is coaching. You know, yeah. watching kids develop and and give them a chance to grow and uh, treat them with respect. And you know what? They treat you with respect. I, I think that's, it goes hand in hand. And the parents now are sitting back and enjoying life. Sure. Have you been to a Dublin game? I have. I've been, to, I've been to two. Uh, they just voted to name the stadium after me coming up. Oh, for the ball. That's awesome. Congratulations, coach. I feel. But uh, I went to two games just because I've been busy on the golf course and running this stuff here at the seventh grade. So they play during the week and we play during the week, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll be back a lot. I, I go over and see them in the Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings coaches over there. I go visit them. Um, but I tell you, it doesn't, doesn't take very long to forget the, the parents forget uh, who you were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know you, but they like new freshmen coming in. I had no idea who they were. We lost yeah. our class last year. So the, right. The sophomores, I don't know we only had them for four weeks and then we quit playing and then this year's juniors were sophomores last year so as a varsity coach i kind of knew them growing up but i i really only i only knew the juniors and seniors and the kids graduating because i spent time with them and without yeah. with them in the summers like i said it's like God, i i kind of remember that kid but he grew six inches and i didn't recognize him you know that happens when the freshman and sophomore years so yeah, it's been good. I've been over a couple and plan on seeing another one or two before the year's out and going to the tournament games. Good. Plan on going to the tournament draw with them when they when they have it here the next week. Good. So, but yeah, I stay in touch. I, I the new coaching staff. Uh, we have two kids that coach with me. They're still with them, doing a great job. I talk to those guys, and I, the head coach is a good person. I've I've known him for a lot of years. Good. So yeah, they're working hard, and. Uh, and I enjoy going back and they're making some changes to field too. So some are good. Some are bad. <laughs> they changed uniforms that we had for 30 some years. And Oh man. They changed the look, but you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what happens with changing the guard. So yeah, I don't had, to, had to own it a little bit, I guess, I guess yeah. you had to guess that you're on Mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably oh. what it was, but yeah, it's all good stuff. Oh, that's good. No. So, well, Trey, thank you, man. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Thanks to the guys listening. Like I said, if, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, tsaunders at baseballcoaches.org. I'd love to help. And any high school coaches, if they got questions about the organization, hey, we want you to join the National High School Baseball Coach Association. It's it's a great, uh, great organization. It's been around. We have a 30th reunion coming up in two years. It'll be So it's this is the 29th year. In 2022, it'll be the 30th year. Awesome. Our convention this year is in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, the first weekend of December, December 2nd to the 5th. Okay. So come on out. Very cool. So, yeah, highly recommend it. It's awesome. 
All right. Thanks, Coach. I really appreciate it. It was amazing. Amazing. We'll do. All right. Coach Tim Saunders for the National High School Baseball Coach Association, retired legendary coach from Dublin Kaufman High School in Ohio. Just a great conversation. Um, three things that really stick out to me, just how much he talked about communication, uh, just exactly how much he talked about how relationships matter when we're coaching. And just even like one of the biggest nuggets there about, about that was how he talked about if you don't have relationships, you don't have a culture. And that's a breeding ground of a, of a good culture is just having good relationships. And finally is uh, how genuine, you know, and the genuine, uh, being genuine and the kids see through that and being authentic. I think that's how he really helped create his relationships and have that success he has because he's so genuine. And just the conversation we had just started from the ground up. I'm nearly a two-hour conversation. I'm here trying to cram it in an hour and a half. And, um, you know, because he's very genuine. So... Uh, Coach Saunders, again, if you want to reach out to him, uh, we didn't even scratch the service with practice plans, things that he's done. Um, you know, he's a lifelong learner, has you know, done some great things. So, again, if you want to reach out to him, uh, you can email him at T Saunders, T S A U N D E R S, at baseballcoaches.org. T Saunders at baseballcoaches.org for anything that you might need. Again, he's the executive director of the National High School Baseball Coach Association, Coach Tim Saunders, and legendary retired coach. And as you just heard, they're gonna ha- they're actually going to name the stadium after him at Dublin Coffin, which is a great honor. And again, big shout-out. Congratulations to you, Coach Saunders, because you certainly have earned it. So I um, want to thank you for joining us here and sticking with us here this long. It was a great legendary conversation, one that I really enjoyed. And... Um, you know, enjoy the show notes. Please, again, please share. Let me know anybody that might be a good fit for us as we continue to grow the game and just show how baseball can help people on and off the field. So until next week, keep getting better.